Hello and welcome to the Select Sector Spider Sector Digest podcast for the week of August 7th, 2023. I'm your host, Paul Bayaki, ready to dig into all things sectors for the week ahead and look back at the week that was. And it was a pretty tough week for the market, all things considered. The S&P 500 finished the week down 2.27%, which drags down the year-to-date gain to 16.63%. And when you look at the sector breakdown, 10 of the 11 gig sectors finished the week lower. The only one that was up was energy up 1.25%. We'll get into that in a minute. But when you look at the sectors that have been leading the market so far this year, technology down 3.82%, dragged down partly by Apple. Then you look at communication services down 2.5% and consumer discretionary down just 70 basis points. When you sort of add up those three sectors, which have driven so much of the market's performance this year, it's really telling you the story about what the week was like. What's interesting is that, the worst performing sector this week was utilities down 4.55%, worse than technology, worse than some of those more volatile sectors. So for investors who were expecting a drawdown in the market, maybe positioning for some sort of a correction, they didn't really get any respite from some of the defensive sectors. Healthcare down 2.06%, staples down 1.92%. And then, of course, utilities, as we mentioned, down more than four and a half percent. So it was a really difficult week for the market. And when you decompose what was driving the market this week, there's a few factors. You look at technology. And as I mentioned, Apple had a a print that the market didn't really like. If you look at consumer discretionary, it was really spared by what we saw with Amazon, which had a massive print that the market really liked and rallied pretty significantly on the back of that. But on the data front, ISM manufacturing and services both slightly missed. Manufacturing, of course, still in contractionary territory. Services still growing and rose for the seventh straight month. But one thing within the services print that maybe the market didn't like was that prices also showed some indication that they were rising, if not reaccelerating. And I took one piece from that report that I thought was interesting in the retail trade segment of that ISM services print. Overall, economy is good. Supply chain market is stable. Commodity prices are increasing, but at a slower rate. Lead times and deliveries are ideal, and inventories are lower than last quarter. The unemployment rate is at its lowest point in 70 years. Wages continue to grow. So the retail trade segment of the ISM services print, it's a pretty rosy picture from an economic perspective. Now, that commodity prices increasing at a slower rate piece is interesting because you look at the price of crude oil up over $80 a barrel. Some of the news we got out of OPEC, specifically the Saudis and their commitment to some of the production cuts. And there seems to be in the near term some significant upward pressure on crude oil prices. And we've seen some data recently that gasoline prices have ticked up pretty significantly over the course of the past few weeks. And so overall, you've got this economic backdrop that from a retail trade perspective, a services trade perspective, 
seems to have pretty strong momentum in the right direction. Then you look at manufacturing, which missed and is in contractionary territory. And ultimately, it, it leaves investors with a challenging picture as it relates to the economy. And of course, the market didn't like a lot of the data that we got. They didn't like the earnings. And the S&P 500 took a breath this week. Again, up 16.6% year to date. That's a pretty significant return, double the annualized rate of return you typically get on the S&P 500 over its history. So all in all, could just be a little blip in this overall rally in the market. Then on Friday, you got the jobs data, which disappointed. So 187,000 new jobs versus 200,000 expected. We had some revisions in the wrong direction. The unemployment rate did come down and hourly wages were higher than expected. So hourly wages year over year up 4.4%. That is an inflationary indicator that the market clearly didn't like. And we're in this place where good data, bad data, is it good, is it bad? And in this case, it seems like the jobs number missing was bad and the market took it as bad. But the revisions and then more importantly, unemployment rate coming down despite that jobs miss and hourly wages trending in the wrong direction from an inflationary perspective overwhelmed the market's optimism coming out of last week. Again, this is a market that has been trudging higher, led by some of the largest companies in the market, in some of the most significant sectors in the market. And we had a bit of a pause this week, and it looked a lot more like 2022 with energy leading the way. We'll see if that is some sort of indication that we've got a change in trend. And when you look at the overall volume, 656 million or so shares traded across the select sector spider lineup, a decently robust week of trading activity across the complex from a flows perspective, pretty muted, 4.8 million shares in net redemptions across the 11 select sector spiders for the week. XLF starting to reverse a little bit. We've seen so much creation activity in XLF over the course of the past few weeks, four and a half million net out over the rolling one week period. We saw another 10 million shares come out on Friday. So we'll take a look at the July numbers as opposed to a sector in focus this week, three million into XLE and XLV, 1.6 million shares created in XLP or Staples, and then we saw some redemption activity in XLU and XLRE. But by and large, not a really robust week for any sector other than, of course, XLF, which tends to steal the headlines when you get that weekly flows report. So as I mentioned, instead of doing a sector in focus this week or building an arbitrary index around a pop star, we're just going to look back at July. Because July wrapped up and it was one of those months that ultimately had a little bit different feel than most of the months this year. So S&P 500 was up 3.11% for July, which took it up to 19.52% year to date. At the end of July, we saw a significant increase in assets across the select sector spider lineup, but the best performing sector in July wasn't technology, wasn't comm services, wasn't discretionary. It was actually energy up nearly 8%. And I think that jives with a lot of what we've been talking about and a lot of that sort of internal rotation we've been seeing in the market toward 
the energy sector and the strong performance we've seen, as I mentioned, in energy prices and in gasoline prices. When you look at the short interest change across the select sector spider lineup, this can be illustrative. So of the sectors in the market where we see the most action from a net short perspective, XLF is the one at the top of the list. And we actually saw a 5.6% or so increase in net short position, not significant, six or so million shares in increasing net short positions on the financial services sector or XLF, but When you look at some other segments of the market, an 18% increase in net shorts on real estate, not a meaningful amount of shares, less than 500,000 shares. But the point is, is when you look at some of these positionings, technology had a decrease in net short positions. Industrials had a decrease in net short positions. Consumer discretionary had a decrease in net short positions. And then we saw a slight increase in communication services, which was de minimis from a share perspective. But all in all, This is a market that has been so strong in the sectors that matter, comm services, technology, consumer discretionary. We've said it time and time again, and we really haven't seen a meaningful increase in people trying to take the other side of that trade from a short position. We did see a slight decline in short positioning against technology, against consumer discretionary this month or July, but by and large, we haven't seen a meaningful increase in people taking bets against those sectors, which in theory could unlock more total return potential heading into the end of the year as we try and close it out. We are in August after all, which is hard to believe that the year is flying by so quickly. So on the economic data front next week, we really don't have that much, fairly light other than, of course, CPI and PPI. So I say that It's a light economic week, but in fact, CPI and PPI are two of the biggest economic prints we get on a regular basis outside of perhaps a Fed meeting. And as we talked about in more recent versions of the podcast, we've seen this dichotomy in the market. We've seen this break, if you will, in the relationship between wholesale and consumer inflation, PPI, wholesale inflation has been decelerating a much faster rate than CPI. And that gap, that widening gap between wholesale pricing and consumer pricing, in theory, portends to strong corporate profitability. But we'll see if that trend continues with the prints this week. And of course, we track core, we track headline CPI and PPI, but in the core, you remove energy. But energy prices have been moving pretty significantly, as we talked about. So if energy prices continue to have this sustained momentum or remain at these elevated levels, that may not show up in core immediately, but it will work its way through pricing at the wholesale and consumer level and have an impact on the rates of inflation, which in theory forces the Fed's hand in terms of its hawkish stance and its interest rate policy. So very interesting dynamics at play, very interesting breakdown as of the impact on all of these economic dynamics on the various sectors in the market, which makes 
The sector market's so interesting. On the earnings front, it's a much lighter week. We have just around 30 S&P 500 companies reporting. None of the Elite Eight or the Significant Seven or whatever the fancy name we've come up with for these companies that are leading the market's performance so far in 2023, but some big companies. Duke Energy, which is one of the largest holdings in the utility sector. We'll hear from Eli Lilly, which, of course, is a massive company in the healthcare sector. And then we'll hear from Disney which, of course, is an influential company, if not a massive weighting in the communication services sector. And with that, I'd like to thank everyone for joining me once again. My name is Paul Bayaki, Chief ETF Strategist at SSNC Alps Advisors. I hope everyone has a wonderful week. And for more information on all things sectors, please visit sectorspiders.com for a tremendous amount of resources and research on sectors. Take care. 